Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. I have a question for you. Um, do you. Do you know why you're here? Not why you're here in this room, but, but why you're here, why you exist. Now, I don't plan on answering that question today because far better scholars have tried to answer that and I am not one of them. But it's curious to me that as we look at this piece of scripture today, um, in the sermon that we're going, the sermon series that we're going through on being crazy busy, it makes me just really think about what sort of priorities do we have? If each and every one of you, like I've said over and over again, I've been given a gift and a talent by God and to be, to be used by God to do the work of the kingdom, why are you here? I don't want to waste any more time chasing after things for reasons why I am not here. And so today, I think we want to dive into this piece of scripture as much as possible, take an example from Jesus and, and really go, okay, God, let's, let's dive into you a little bit more. And so let's read uh, Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39. And it says this, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. If you want to read a pretty fantastic book that keeps your attention the whole entire time and is just bam, 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 here you go, keep going, Mark is that book. Um, right away, already in Mark chapter 1, Jesus has already been casting out demons, healing people, uh, in towns is famous, and now he's already going. If there was anybody who could admit that they were crazy busy... It would be Jesus. If we haven't looked around the world at that time, man, people are in need of healing. They, uh, it is clear that they're casting out demons, that people want something different. And Jesus could be incredibly busy all the time. But instead, he does something in this story that is beautiful in terms of the priorities he has and the rest that God calls us to. But before we get into that, let's pray. God, we don't want this just to be another busy sermon. God, we want you to connect with our hearts today. God, would we take a step back and honestly look at where our priorities have been? I mean, would we look deep into ourselves and realize how you've created us and, and why we're here? God, would we choose to glorify you in every single second? God, we thank you for your son who comes and 
redeems our wasted time into something beautiful. And so God, could we uh, follow his example? In your name we pray, amen. I thought about uh, priorities this week and looking at Jesus's priority in this piece of scripture and I started thinking about what would people say if, uh, if I were to ask other people, hey, what do you think my priorities are? What do you think my priorities are? And so if I were to probably ask my daughter when I was playing a game against her the other day, my priority would have been, I want to beat you at all costs in a game. That's my priority at this moment, right? Um, if it were, uh, if it were maybe some... Uh, some of my family, when I stayed late at work, I would say my priorities right now are getting my job done. If there was that person to call on the phone that I didn't answer and they continue to call me over and over again, my priority might be, hey, I'm praying or meeting with somebody or I'm praying with my family. Makes me sound like I'm always praying. I'm not. But when it comes to priorities, does it really matter what it's, it's other people think that our priorities should be, or is it what God is asking us to do? In this piece of scripture, we see that Jesus has his priorities, and he stuck, st sticks with them. And so if you're taking notes, the first one is this. Jesus knew his priorities, and he stuck with them. If they're was somebody, once again, like I said, who could continue to work sun up to sundown and even more hours, it was Jesus. He had the power to preach. He had the power to heal. He had the power to cast out demons. And there were people following him all the time, wanting his attention. And he wanted to give his attention to only one person, and that was God. It says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out into the isolated places to pray. This isn't an example of, hey, you should get up at 4.30 in the morning and go start praying. Maybe God is calling you to, I don't know, but that's not the sermon. It is, is that Jesus knew that he had to take the time to do it. And so in a busy schedule or actually in, not, I'm not going to even say busy, but in a place where Jesus is called to do something, he says, I have to get away to pray. Priority number one. Priority number two is that he knows why he came. This is why I came, to preach. And so I'm going to continue to go do it. Nothing is going to deter him from that. Jesus understood his mission, second point. We must go to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. I wonder if God has given you a mission. I wonder if you can spend every single minute of your week on mission and then come Sunday and share with the rest of the missionaries what God is doing in your midst. 
or do you white knuckle it until you can get to the weekend? I can just hold on to get to church, get a little bit more so I can keep going. Jesus' mission is to not only just preach, but to always be with his Father. I and the Father are one, he says over and over again. I want to be what my Father has called me to be. And so that's why he came. He is on mission. But I think as I read Scripture, God has called all of us to be doing something. He's given each and every one of you gifts and talents. And where is that priority in your life? I'm reading this book, or actually I'm listening to this book right now called The 4-Hour Workweek. I wouldn't suggest everybody listens to it, but the interesting thing that he's making an argument right now is that what if we are so stuck in the way we've always done things, we just continue to do them over and over again instead of going, what is my mission and my priority? And how do I go after that? And it takes that time to be with God, to understand our priorities. Because here's the deal, I could say this all day long and, um, <laughs> and it wouldn't make you any less busy. It's this, is just because you have priorities isn't the cure for your busyness. Just because you have priorities doesn't mean that you're not busy. It means that we're on focus with our priorities, and it actually doesn't become a job anymore. It becomes our calling, which you've heard me say over and over again. Without forethought or discipline, we will always go back to our baseline priorities. Without setting up our priorities, we will always go back to our baseline priorities, which are our pride, go back to what makes us healthy, uh, happy, our self-worth, or our, even our feelings. And if we do not set up priorities, we're just going to be always busy for no reason. But Kevin DeYoung in his book, Crazy Busy, lists these three things that we have to maybe do when it comes, not maybe, we have to do when it comes to priorities. Do you like that have to maybe? It's a way for me of getting out of saying have to and making you guys feel like you have to do it and don't do it. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> we need to look at these as this. I must set up priorities because I can't do it all. You need to realize, and I need to realize, that we cannot do it all. Sometimes it's really easy to even look in the church world and go, there's all these things to be doing. I should be doing them all. No, no. You should be doing the things in which God has given you gifts and talents to set those priorities up and do those. We can get lost in the eternal. I've got Bible studies to go to. I've got this thing to serve at. I've got this thing to make and this thing to drop off for all church things. The second thing is, is I must set priorities if I am to serve others more effectively. 
sorry, most effectively. I must set priorities if I am to serve others most effectively. The example that I can come up with the, the best are, are probably two that I think about is, man, if you want other people to look at and have a healthy marriage, where's your marriage at? Are you setting a priority on your marriage so that you can communicate with other people? Man, if you want to be able to give lots of money away, is your priority to spend as much as you can now? Or is it to say, God, what are you asking me to do with the money that I have? If God is calling you to do that, then you need to set some priorities to most effectively serve others. And this is the last one, which is a really hard one for me because I didn't quite understand what he was talking about until I kind of sat down and thought about it, is I must allow others to set their own priorities. When you get into the moment and there is lots of things going on with you and you are in a groove, you cannot look at other people and expect them to do the same things you're doing. Maybe God's not calling them to that. But we don't need to judge and go, that's not okay. We need to encourage others, hey, where are your priorities then? Are you, are you spending the time to pray? Which I think brings us into the next section of our, our scripture is if we're talking about setting priorities and finding rest, I think they go hand in hand together. I don't think you can set priorities unless you're resting, but I don't think you can continue to do your priorities unless you rest. Rest gives us the opportunity to do our priorities. And so as we look at scripture, I think we have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 3. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 3, So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. I started looking at that verse a little bit and going, wait a second. Why is God resting? God does not need rest. Great, it's as an example, absolutely. But I think it's even a little bit more. I think God was able to look at the rest of his creation and go, look how glorious that is. How, look at what I have created. Not to be pompous, prideful, arrogant, but to go, this is good. Do you guys at the end of your week, rest and look back at things and watch how God has worked with you all, the whole entire week? Or do you go, wow, I'm glad that week is done. I'm glad I got through those things. Because if that's where we're at in that, I think we're not inviting God into our everyday then. 
We take a day of rest to look at what we have done and go, God, you are glorious. You are amazing. Look at what you've done through our life. And God, wherever there is areas in which I have not switched my priorities, God, would you help me to look at those things in the future? I think about Jesus' prayer in Mark chapter 2, when he's, or Mark chapter 1, verses 35, when he's sitting there praying. Did he wake up that morning automatically knowing that he was supposed to leave? Did he wake up that morning getting everything set up so that he could continue to uh, preach and cast out demons and pray with people, heal people? Or did he simply have an open slate and go, God, I want you to tell me where to go today. God, show me the areas. I want to rest a little bit in you. Here's the deal. I think we will have to work hard to rest. We will have to work hard to rest. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip down to the very last <laughs> to the very last line, and it's this is soul rest and physical rest is not the same thing. Soul rest and physical rest is not the same thing. And so that's why I say we will have to work hard to rest. We can push ourselves over and over again and get results and build a better whatever it might be, better house, a better business, uh, more relationships. But if we don't find the rest in which our soul is reconnected to God's, we will never truly be in rest. We will try to be solving every single worldly problem with worldly solutions. I mean, can you, can you imagine this? That I'm just thinking, I'm, I'm a wooer at heart, just to let you know. I want everybody to be involved in whatever I'm doing. And so I thought about Jesus in this moment, that what if God tells him to leave? Is his argument, but there's still people who need healing. What if he said, well, I, I didn't preach all the right words. I need, to, I need to go back and preach to them. And God is like, no, you don't. Well, don't you think that if I could take one whole entire city and get them to know who I am so then they can spread out and do everything, wouldn't that be amazing, God? But that's not his priority. His priority is being on mission. And so in the rest, he's able to come back and go, all right, here's my priority. I'm going to another town. God has called me to continue to keep going. But that only is in rest. And I don't know how you get there. Because I do think that even though soul rest and physical rest are not the same thing, they work hand in hand. Because if you are completely exhausted, you will always respond to somebody wrongly and your soul just goes a little bit further down. When our soul is okay, that means that we know where our strength comes from. 
And so if we maybe need to stay up a whole entire night praying, we can do that because, man, our soul is giving us the strength, not our physicalness. They're not the same, but they work hand in hand. Mark chapter 2, verses 27 says this. It says, then Jesus said the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirement of the Sabbath. I love this idea that God created the day of rest for us, not us for the day of rest. He doesn't, he doesn't need our worship. He doesn't ask us, hey, you have to. Uh, well, it, he does say, hey, please worship me. This is that moment where we can look at this and we can go, man, it's for us. He created this so that, one, we can come back to our priorities and go, God, where are you leading me? Two, so that we can look at him and keep our eyes focused on him again and go, where are you leading me? And three, so that we in rest can go, God, you are absolutely glorious. Look at what you are doing in my life. It happens in the everyday. Because here's the last point. And I know this sermon has been quick, and I'm all right with that. And it's the last point is this. We will have to be dedicated to being disciplined. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. The outside world is coming in at us all the time. And I wonder if we have the heart to be dedicated to being disciplined to our priorities. Yeah, that's great. I, I understand that. And that's awesome. But this is where I'm headed. This is my priority. So the question that I asked at the very beginning is, why are you here? There are some of you in this room who have been Christians for years. And you know exactly that, what God is calling you to do. There are some of you who have, sat, who have sat in here and going, I have no clue what God is asking me to do. There are some of you who are sitting in this room and, and you are here to try to earn something of a salvation. And I'm here to tell you that it is the one thing that you can rest solely on Jesus alone that he has already got your salvation taken care of. And so you can rest in that knowledge. And so really, when I ask, why are you here? Are you here because you need something from God? 
Do you need a clear direction? Do you need him to intervene into your life somehow? Do you need to know where your priorities are and what he's calling you to do? And so you come here for that. I think you find them all, all those questions answered in, I just want to rest for a second. out of the busyness of life so that I can go back out there and do exactly why I'm here. I don't think God is, is silent in that. I don't think God is a person that makes it hard for us to find. I think God is sitting there going, stop being crazy busy. Let's look at your priorities and let's find a little bit of rest. Next week, I'm going to dive in a little bit further about how, how to find that rest a little bit more, but we're going to go into a little bit more of the um, of parenting and screen time and all that sort of stuff. And so that, that's where we'll go next week. But the song that um, the worship team closed to end with, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up right now, the song that we um, are choosing to end with is is called, Here's My Heart, Lord. And when we sing that song, it's not just a song in which we really enjoy by going, yes, awesome, here's my heart, but, but really, does God have your heart? Have you made time with him a priority? I can't answer what your priorities are except for saying, would you please spend the time and rest finding them? Would you spend the time with God in isolated places where you may need to put down your cell phone, where you may need to turn off a TV, maybe you're getting too distracted by the amazing smell of your coffee and you need to get rid of that too. I, I don't know, but find that moment to go, this is where I want to sit and hear the priority of God on my life. It's only, it's only in rest that you're going to find that. It's not through another self-help book. It's not through listening to the right podcast. It's not having the best hobby in the world and getting outside and doing whatever it is. But it's before all the distractions happen the next morning or evening, wherever your distractions come at you and go, I'm getting rid of all of them and I'm finding an isolated place and I'm not leaving until you tell me what to do. Realign my heart. Tell me maybe where I've gone wrong and where I can fix something because I want my priority to be about you, God. This isn't a five-minute thing until we listen to our favorite worship song. This is sitting there and saying, God, I'm not moving until you talk. 
because the rest of the world wants everything from me. I've got emails to answer. I've got phone calls to make. I've got children to drop off. I've got children to pick up. I've got breakfast to make, lunches to, to pack, corners to clean out, laundry to do. This is God, I want to have you show me purpose. Give me my priorities. Because then, even in the midst of cleaning our laundry and packing lunches and making breakfasts and dinners, God is calling us in those priorities. And then it doesn't become a drag, it becomes something we desire to do because we know that's what He's called. And then we know when somebody says, why are you here? I don't know why I'm talking about this one, but why are you here? I'm here because I'm supposed to be a stay-at-home mom. Great. Then do that to the best of your ability and glorify God. And at the end of the week, when maybe the church is taking care of your kids, you can go, yeah, God's pretty cool. And my calling was to be a business person. And so in every single situation, yeah, I know it stinks, but uh, man, I'm just going to continue to answer emails and glorify God the way that I can. I know that God has called me to, whatever it is, be a cashier somewhere. And every single person that comes in, I want to make sure that they are the one I'm, I am talking to. But it doesn't happen unless we spend the time with God first. And so would you open up your heart as you look at your life and as you're singing, just say, God, would you share your priorities with me so that this week I can live in that? When we read that verse in uh, Genesis chapter 2 about God handling all of creation and, and saying it was good, and, and we get to day 7, and, and he says... Uh, you took day seven and rested. And I, I don't know if you're like me, um, but I picture God in that moment, like along a beach with a hammock, probably the most comfortable hammock, the most perfect temperature beach, of uh, 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 offshore fishing pole, you know, like, like casted way out, Netflix on, I don't know, like all of this stuff, like of, of God resting. But the thing is, is he doesn't, as Seth already said, he doesn't, he doesn't rest. In, in the sense that we think of rest. All of those things I just mentioned. So what, is, what does God do when he's resting? And all he has an opportunity to do for an entire day is reflect on himself. And it may sound selfish when we think about like Brian sitting all day Sunday reflecting on how good he did all week. Yes, that is selfish. Because there's a God above me that I should be pointing to and glorifying. And so if God pointed to anything else, Netflix, a hammock, deep sea fishing, whatever it is, then he wouldn't be God anymore. And so he spent this day in rest glorifying himself as an example of what we are to do in our rest, in our Sabbath.
is to glorify and point to God. Imagine how much our life would change if when we think about rest, we weren't as selfish as we are. When we think about rest, we think about how amazing God had been for the last six days. And then the actions that would follow that in the next six days of continuing to point to God and glorifying him in the actions that we do. And then the next time that we had rest, we reflected and we saw his actions more. And then, and then we glorified him more in the next six days. And, it, and then it just continued and continued and continued until we could finally join him in eternity. Let's pray. Lord, you, you've set up an entire day for us to rest, to join you in rest. And so I pray today that that's what we've done in our, in our minds, in our souls, in our hearts. And what we will continue to do today is, is to, to glorify you, Lord. And may we also find rest in the other six days as we are working to glorify you more and more in our lives, as we're working to walk this walk with you. Hold your hand as you lead and guide us in our life. Lord, may we find rest in the troubling times. May we find you. Lord, when we say, here's my heart, here's my life, May we not say those words like many words that we say. May our actions follow those words up. May our life be an example of giving you our heart and life. Lord, we love you. You're amazing. We leave all of these requests to the most level playing field there is, the foot of the cross, and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.